0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 33 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers last night picking up a big 3-2 to win on the road, and I got to lead things off here by talking about Alex Georgiev. He was absolutely fantastic between the pipes for the New York Rangers. He makes 45 saves on 47 shots. The Blue Jackets get five power plays. The Rangers kill off all five of those, and Georgiev was the best penalty killer on the ice just by way of all the fantastic saves he was making. Just... A big-time performance from Georgiev, and he is a clutch goalie. That's something I've really begun to notice with him. If you remember the big comeback against the Canadians, obviously the Rangers down 4-0 in that game. They come back and they win it 6-5, and Georgiev did not have his A game or even his B game early in that contest. The Canadians basically just lit him up in the first period, and a couple of soft goals allowed by Georgiev. But if you remember, late in that game, the Rangers clinging to that one-goal lead up 6-5, and he made a couple of really tough, really clutch saves down the stretch in that one. So even on a night, Georgiev really showed me something that night because even on a night where he was clearly did not have you know, his A game, he hung in there and he made saves when it counted. And he did the same thing tonight. Now, tonight he had his A game all the way throughout. He had his A plus game. But he made so many big saves down the stretch in this game. It looked for sure on at least two or three occasions in the third period that the Blue Jackets were about to tie the game. But he just wouldn't let it happen. He bailed out the Rangers on a couple of occasions. I mean, the Rangers permitting 47 shots on goal. That is way too many. They got to be a little bit better defensively. But hey, you know, good teams, they pick each other up. That wasn't the best night for the Ranger defenseman. There were some turnovers that were a little sloppy. But again, Georgiev picks up his teammates, leads them to this victory. He was absolutely fantastic. Now, the plan coming in, the Rangers have a back-to-back. And of course, this game was at Columbus on Thursday. And then you've got at Montreal tonight, Friday night, The original plan was Georgiev would go against the Blue Jackets, and then Lundqvist would be in net against the Canadians, and I'm sure that still would be the plan if it were not for the fact that Lundqvist was ill last night and was not available in the game against the Blue Jackets. There was an emergency goalie on standby. So yeah, we're going to have to just wait and see. I don't think there's any news yet about what the Rangers want to do in tonight's game. You know, Georgiev, I'm sure he could go back in net, but on a night after he faces 47 shots and and basically just stands in his head. I think as a coach, you probably want to get him the next night off. But if Lundqvist isn't available tonight, I'm sure Georgiev will probably be back out there between the pipes. But we'll keep an eye on it. If there's an update before I'm finished recording this, I'll update you guys at the end, and we'll just see what happens. You know, hopefully hopefully Lundqvist is none too worse for the wear, and he's able to get back out there, because he's played very well recently as well, and hopefully he can get back out there and uh, go against the Canadians tonight. And then the goalie situation has been rather fluid for the Rangers this season. You know, a little bit of a hot-hand approach, as we've talked about. So I think depending, if Lundqvist does play tonight, depending on how he does, that could determine who's back in net when the Rangers take on the Knights in Vegas on Sunday. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. But yeah, Georgiev clearly the star of the show in this win against Columbus and guiding the Rangers to a big 3-2 to victory, bouncing back from a tough 4-1 to loss at home against Vegas. Very important to, to respond to a loss. Again, that's the sign of a good team because the Rangers did not have a good performance against the Knights, and yet they come back strong tonight, they find a way to get it done. They were outshot in this one 47-19, and when you get outshot 47-19, to 19, more often than not, you're going to lose, and it's not impossible to win if you get outshot by a margin like that, as the Rangers proved in this one, but yeah, I mean, this, again, this, this win, it, it simply does not happen without Alex Georgiev basically just standing on his head between the pipes for the Rangers. And just to run through the lines real quick for the Rangers, Brendan Lemieux moves up to the first line. He's out there with Zibanejad and Kako. Second line, you got Panarin, Strom, and Kreider. The third line, Philip Hedl, centering Jesper Foss and Pavel Buchnevich. And then the fourth line, Brett Howden centering Bu and Brendan Smith Nieves. In for Michael Haley, who is a healthy scratch. Defense pairing, Shea and Truba, you know, those two have really kind of found their game ever since being reunited. So I see no reason to, to pull them apart anytime soon. Let them keep doing their thing, especially as long as both continue to play well. So that's your top defense pairing. Then you've got Liber Hayek and Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. There's also a lot of crossover between these two teams, and what I mean by that is a lot of former, you know, people affiliated with the Rangers, you know, now on the Blue Jackets, and vice versa. A lot of former Blue Jackets, you know, now with the Rangers. Most notably, our Temi Panarin. They played. Now, Panarin was mostly getting booed in this one, pretty much any anytime he had the puck. But early in the first period, the Blue Jackets played a video tribute to him, and kind of a mix of cheers and boos. You know, I think when you see that. I'm sure as, you know, Blue Jackets fans, it kind of, you know, brings back a lot of nice memories. You got to give the guy a hand. I mean, he was he was fantastic for the Blue Jackets when he was there. And when he was a free agent, you know, I don't think the Blue Jackets even really pretended like they were trying to re-sign him. Now, on one hand, props to them for being honest. If they think he's out of their price range and there's absolutely no chance that they can bring him back, then I got I to gotta give them credit for honesty. But I mean, I don't know. You could at least pretend to be interested in re-signing this guy who's basically been the best player on your team for however many years. And they didn't really do that. So then, you know, the Blue Jackets fans, I know fans everywhere are going to do this. They're going to boo, you know, a former player when they return after they sign, you know, a big money contract with another team. But what is Panarin supposed to do? If the Blue Jackets aren't even going to, you know, pretend to be in on him and pretend to have interest in bringing him back and act like they at least have a chance to sign him to a lucrative multi-year deal, What what's Panarin supposed to do? Is he supposed to just, you know, take 25% of what the Rangers are offering him to stay in Columbus? Nobody's going to do that. And do they want him to retire? I mean, the guy wants to play hockey, so I don't know. I mean, how mad, how mad could you really get at Panarin if you're a Blue Jackets fan? But you know that that's typical. You know, any any team like we said that a former player comes back after signing a big money contract with another team, he's going to hear the boo birds. And Panarin was no different tonight. And then they also played a tribute video to John Davidson. And Davidson served as the president of the Blue Jackets from 2012 until 2019, when he resigned. And, of course, he's been the president of the Rangers starting in May this year. And Davidson did a nice job with the Blue Jackets. You know, he kind of helped that franchise find its footing a little bit because for a lot of years, you know, they they were a pretty irrelevant team and they've at least been competitive in recent seasons. You know, I always know with, with Davidson, I always know him best as, you know, the color analyst during the 90s when he was out there with Sam Rosen. And I do like Joe Micheletti. He's been, you know, the color analyst pretty much ever since John Davidson left. Um, you know, he does a great job as well. But, you know, Sam and, Sam and JD just had like such a chemistry. It was just so much fun. And they, of course, were, you know, calling all the action when the Rangers were winning the Stanley Cup. So a lot of fond memories of John Davidson. And he's just getting started as the president of the Rangers. But, you know, he's been successful pretty much everything he's done in his hockey career, even going back to his time as a player. So, yeah, I mean, happy to have him back in the fold with the Rangers. And obviously the Rangers going up against their former coach, John Tortorella. I don't know how many players are left on the Rangers from that time. I, I assume, I do believe Tortorella coached Kreider, and he definitely coached Stahl and Lundqvist. But yeah, that just seems forever ago at this point. He led them on some, you know, good runs into the playoffs. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals the one year. But uh, yeah, he's one of those coaches that I feel like he's not ever really destined to stay in one place for too long because he does have, you know, kind of a—he's rough around the edges. You know, he's got a little bit of a an edge, shall we say, to, to his coaching style. But, you know, he was with the Rangers from 2009 until 2013— he had a shortstop in Vancouver, and he's been the coach of the Blue Jackets since 2015. But yeah, overall, I like Tortorello's style. You know, he, he was tough, but I think he was fair overall. But he's just one of those guys, you know, a- after a while, I just think, like, you know, he, he's got a really strong personality, and I just don't know if he's one of those guys that's ever destined to stay in the same spot for, you know, a super long amount of time. I don't think he's ever the kind of guy that's going to coach a team for, you know, 15 years. I mean, very few people do that anyway, but... Yeah, I mean, he, he's the guy who's basically going to kick ass and leave. He's going to come in, he's going to whip everybody into shape, he's going to turn them into a contender, and he's either going to win a Stanley Cup or he's not, and then he's going to be on his way. That, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Of course, he won the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2004. And the Blue Jackets also have Brandon Dubinsky. He's hurt right now, but, you know, a, a beloved Ranger when he was there, just just a hard-nosed, tough player, and a guy who just would leave it on all on the ice every single time he was out there. So, But, yeah, a lot more crossover than you might realize at first glance between these two teams. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's Locked On podcast is sponsored by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. So a little bit of a stalemate early in the first period, but then Aves takes an unnecessary penalty. It's an offensive zone tripping, and hey, you know, the Rangers went more than five minutes without taking a penalty here, so I, I guess that's positive. Um, I don't know. There's only so many ways I can say it that they've, they've got to clean up these penalties and these mistakes. Again, it's an offensive zone penalty. There's just no need for it. I know you're trying to make a play. I know you're trying to get the puck, but you can't trip the guy. You know, they're going to call it. The, the the refs call things pretty tight in this league. They're not going to let you get away with, you know, a little bit of a hold or a little bit of a trip. They're going to call it, and you're going to be in the penalty box for two minutes, and your makes a, a pair of really nice saves early in the power play. Uh, the, second one, the second one on the rebound was just absolutely ridiculous. Moved hard to his left to, to deny it. Full extension of his left pad, and he absolutely robs Bjorkstrand and deflects the shot wide, but You know, Georgiev just getting warmed up at this point. I mean, this really was just a spectacular performance from the Ranger netminder. The Rangers kill off the power play. They go in two on one. But David Savard makes a really nice play. Sliding across the ice basically just kind of smothers the puck and doesn't allow Panarin to really do anything with it. And then back the other way, the Jackets rush in, and Benstrom puts a shot from the right circle off of the near post. And that was a little bit of a theme as well. I believe the Blue Jackets hit three posts in this game. It was at least three. So Georgiev gets a couple of breaks here, that is true, but when you're standing on your head and just playing the kind of hockey that Georgiev is playing here tonight and just making the kind of fantastic saves that he was making, I think you earn a break or two. That was just a case of the hockey gods smiling down on Georgiev, and yeah, he keeps the puck out of the net. He does get some help from the iron, but he deserved it in this game. And then just kind of a bad break for the Rangers here. Brady Shea is looking to take a shot from the blue line, but he breaks his stick, and Cam Atkinson takes control of the puck. Shea stays with him, like all, all through the neutral zone and into the ranger zone. He's trying to hang in there. He doesn't have a stick, so there's only so much he can do, but he's trying to hang in there. He cuts him off momentarily, but there's only so much he can do when you don't have a stick, and Atkinson moves back to his right, flicks a wrist shot from the high slot, and he scores, and it's one nothing. I got the chance to interview Cam Atkinson a while ago. Jeez, this is probably about like seven years ago. At the time, he was just getting started with his NHL career, but really nice guy, was, was really happy to answer all my questions, and, you know, at the time... One of my one of the last questions that I asked him, he, he was doing like a, some kind of a charity event, you know, a youth camp kind of deal here in Connecticut. He's from Greenwich. And one of the questions that I asked him near the end was, which goalie in the NHL is the hardest to score a goal against? And he immediately said, Jonathan Quick, because he's from Connecticut as well. And, and those two are friends. And he said, that's not just because he's my buddy. You know, he really is that good. And yeah, Quick quick was in his prime back then. He was just absolutely fantastic. But then he also mentioned Henrik Lundqvist because the, the Blue Jackets just recently had moved from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. And he mentioned that, that, you know, I haven't seen a lot of Henrik Lundqvist yet, but he he's the real deal as well. He is very tough to put the puck past. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember his exact quote from seven years ago, but yeah, you know, Atkinson, really a cool dude. And, uh, you know, always happy to see him have success. Not so much against the Rangers here, but he dropped a pretty lengthy scoring drought. Atkinson's been off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but he really has established himself as, you know, uh, a sniper, a guy who can score goals and, you know, a very, very good player in this league. And then another bad penalty by the Rangers. This one comes after a play stoppage. There's a little mix-up, Lemieux and Bjorkstrand behind the Ranger net. And they're kind of pushing and shoving a little bit, but then Lemieux takes a bridge too far, and he kind of throws a jab to Bjorkstrand's face. And I can't go crazy about this penalty. I mean, the Ranger announcers didn't seem to like it too much, but, you know, they'll they'll let you get away with pushing and shoving after a play. They're not going to put the arm up for that. But, I mean, Lemieux basically threw a jab here to to Bjorkstrand's face, and they're not going to let that side. It's two minutes for roughing for Lemieux. So just a bad penalty here. I mean, you could argue maybe that wasn't enough to warrant a penalty, but either way, you know, why even chance it? You know, I, I know Lemieux a fiery player and, and, and we love Brendan Lemieux on this podcast. He's quickly become one of my favorite players in the Rangers. But, you know, w- with all that fire that he plays with, I guess every now and then you're going to get something like this where he just takes an undisciplined penalty. That's what happens here. He goes off, Jacket's back on the power play, but the Rangers with a great penalty kill here. Really setting the tone for the night. The Blue Jackets went, as we said, 0 for 5 on the power play. Brady Shea with a block shot, and the Rangers clear the zone to get a line change right in the middle of this power play. And then another clear by Zabanajad, and a final clear by Brendan Smith to end the man advantage. And Brady Shea continuing to play well. He comes up with a game high three block shots tonight and a game high three hits. Really, it's all kind of just come together for Shea. You know, ever since that disastrous outing against the Senators, he's been playing much better since then, and I think he's really benefited as well from being back on the same line or the same pairing, rather, with Jacob Truba. Rangers having a tough time creating scoring opportunities here in this first period, but D'Andre gets a shot from the left circle, a big, big wrist shot, but Corpy makes a really nice kick save to keep the puck out. Still one and nothing Jackets, but then with 30 seconds left, Brendan Lemieux goes in hard on the 4-check, puts some pressure on the Jackets behind the Columbus net. He forces an errant pass up the boards, and Kako comes in to intercept the puck. Kako works the puck to Zibanejad, back to the blue line to Lindgren, over to D'Angelo. D'Angelo kind of throws it into the opposite corner, and then the Rangers just go to work, and they kind of score a goal out of nowhere here. What happens is Capo Kako rushes to get to the puck behind the net, and he has to take a hit from Felino to do that. Felino can throw his, his weight around a little bit. So Kako really sticks his nose in there and ships the puck ahead, To Zabanejad. This is all happening behind the Ranger net. As soon as Zabanejad gets it, he plays it in front. Brendan Lemieux is right there and he scores from the doorstep. Kind of atones from that undisciplined penalty that he took earlier. It is now one to one. But this doesn't happen without Capo Caco. Caco's been a little bit of a mixed bag, and of course, you're going to get that with an 18 year old. But he went in there, stuck his nose into the play, chipped the puck ahead to Zabanejad, took a little bit of a hit from Felino to do it, and really just set the whole thing up. And then Zabanejad passes in front and Lemieux finishes. So. You know, the Rangers go into the break. That's what just eight seconds left, by the way. And they're tied, and you got to take that if you're a Ranger fan at this point because, let's be honest, they've been outplayed in this first period. The, the scoring chances were really, really difficult to come by. They took a couple of bad penalties, but guess what? Tie game at the break. So the second period begins. The first quality scoring opportunity belongs to the Blue Jackets. Bad turnover by Tony D'Angelo. He's in the corner of his own zone and, and kind of just plays the puck toward the front of the Ranger net. I I don't really know what he was trying to do here, but Anderson snaps a quick shot from the slot, but Georgiev, he's cool, he's calm, he's collected all night. He snags it, a nice glove save, and he hangs hangs on for a stoppage. Then the Rangers are buzzing in the Columbus zone. They're already playing far better here in the second period than they did in the first. I really think that late goal by Brendan Lemieux really helped turn the tide of this game, really helped get the Rangers rolling a little bit, because they look like a whole new team here in the second period. And, Kreider's in front of the Columbus net, and he draws a high-sticking penalty against Bemstrom. And then the Ranger power play. They enter one for 14, one for their last 14 on the power play. They roll out a line, a first line of Kreider. Kakos, Zibanejad, D'Angelo, and Panarin. Kako steals the puck in the high slot. He dishes to Panarin. Panarin tattoos a slap shot, but he's denied. The Rangers keep the puck in, and Anderson gets a clear about midway through the power play. And then Jacob Truba lights the lamp, and his first power play goal with the Rangers, he continues to find his game. We've been talking about how he's been playing better lately. He went through really kind of a lull there where, you know, he started hot. Then he then he kind of was not so good for a while and now starting to pick up his game really on both sides of the ice. And a great play by Brennan Lemieux here. He does. He's not going to get an assist on this goal, but in a roundabout way, he should. Because he swoops in behind the Columbus net and really does a great job protecting the puck. There's two Blue Jackets chasing him there, but he keeps the puck away from both of them. Helps the Rangers maintain possession. And then a lot of really quick, crisp passing follows. Strom uses the boards to pass the puck back to Fox. Fox dishes to his left to Truba, and Truba cranks a shot into the twine. Power play goal. Rangers take their first lead at 2-1. And You know, I know the Rangers, they've been a little bit up and down on the power play this year, right? And there have been some times where they haven't looked good. But to say that they've struggled on the power play, I think is false because they've really been hovering right around 12th ranked in the league or so. And that's not bad. You're, You're close to being in the top third of power plays in the entire NHL. And if you guys have watched the Rangers for any long period of time, which I assume just about everybody listening to this has, that's why you're tuned in. But if you've watched this team, you, me, and everyone else who's watched the Rangers, we have seen some bad Ranger power plays over the years. Even seasons where the Rangers were really good and making deep playoff runs, the power play wasn't necessarily a strength of this team. They, they would struggle. And not only like in terms of like what percentage of power plays do they convert on it. It's not just that. There were so many power plays where the Rangers just could not do a single thing. They couldn't gain entry, they couldn't set up shop at all. They couldn't maintain possession. As soon as they would try to get over the blue line, the puck would get chipped away and it would just be cleared back down the ice. Or they would throw the they would shoot the puck into the zone and immediately the, the their opponents would clear the puck. So, I don't see much of that this season. I mean, I know there are times where, you know, we all want them to shoot more. And, you know, maybe maybe the power play gets a little bit stagnant at times this year, but even when the Rangers aren't scoring, I rarely see a power play from this team where I just kind of shake my head and just think, man, that sucked. That doesn't happen this year. And in previous years, that has happened a considerable amount. So I think this Ranger power play is still good. I know the results haven't always been there, but at the very least, it's a better than average power play. I think we can all agree on that. When you look at the percentage converted by the Rangers this season on the man advantage, it's better than... At least half the teams in the NHL—they've stayed in that area really the whole year, where they're they're ranked anywhere from like you know eighth or ninth to tenth or eleventh or twelfth, basically in that area. So, yeah, I mean, is the power play perfect? No. Is it a phenomenal power play? No, it's not. But they're better than a lot of teams, and I think for Ranger fans, I think we have to sign up for that. Just going by you know other seasons, how anemic this power play has looked at times during other years. And, you know, they, they score a power play goal here. I, I Again, I, I don't think the power play is anything to worry too much about. They have enough weapons out there. They're going to score some power play goals, and I will predict right now, I'll make a prediction, at the end of the season, the Rangers will have a top 10 power play. That might be, maybe I'm being a little bit ambitious there, but I, I do think that's certainly possible of happening. I'm going to be bold here. Bold prediction, Rangers, top 10 power play at the end of the season. Anyway, back the other way, and Cam Atkinson gets another opportunity. He unleashes a missile from the right circle, but Georgiev steers it aside, preserves the Ranger lead, and then the Rangers earn another power play opportunity, an undisciplined offensive zone penalty for the Jackets. So the Rangers not the only team in the NHL guilty of, of that infraction from time to time, but Jenner goes off for slashing. Basically, he just took a whack at Shuba behind the, the Ranger net. I, I don't know what he was doing there, why that was necessary, but hey, the Rangers will take it. They get a power play. Not a ton of opportunities on this one after I just got done defending their man advantage, but that's okay. You know, you're not going to score on every power play that you get. And then the Rangers get another chance after the power play expires. Buchnevich passes from behind the net in front to Jesper Foss, who takes a shot from the high slot. Salo makes a strong save. Still 2-1 Rangers. But then they break through. Just a beautiful setup for Panarin and a beautiful goal. And again, this goal kind of came from out of nowhere. That's kind of a theme in this game where, where teams are kind of scoring when, when you don't really see it coming. But Nieves takes a shot. It goes wide and goes into the corner. Fox comes up from the blue line along the boards, gets the puck, and passes it in deep to Brett Howden. He passes from the corner to the slot to D'Angelo, and D'Angelo dishes to his left to Panarin. Panarin has a wide-open net, and he doesn't miss those, and it's 3-1 to one Rangers. And immediately after the ensuing face-off, Georgiev, another nice save against Bjorkstrand. A big save there. You just got a two-goal lead. You don't want to give one of them right back. And he comes up money for the Rangers, keeps the score at 3-1. to And then about three minutes left in the second period, the Jackets once again hit the post, but the puck stays out. Georgiev, another point-blank save on Atkinson shortly thereafter. The Rangers really under fire here in the last few minutes of the second period, but the time runs out and the Rangers go into the break, still leading 3-1. The final few seconds here, Adam Fox took a penalty, in the Rangers touch up with 18 seconds left. It wasn't much here by Fox, but he got his stick in there. He tripped this guy up a little bit, and the refs are going to call that. You know, that's that's today's NHL, and understandably so. You know, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. It should be called. And he goes off two minutes for holding, is what they called, actually. I don't. It looked more like, you know, maybe a hook, but they call it holding. Bottom line, time expires. Rangers go in leading 3-1, to one, but the Blue Jackets are going to have a minute and 42 seconds of power play time to work with when the third period starts. So the Rangers start the third period. They do indeed kill off the power play for the Blue Jackets. Again, the Blue Jackets got a minute and 42 seconds to work with here, but a really nice penalty kill, a great night for the penalty-killing unit, a unit that's really been up and down this season, but they seem to be back on track recently, and again, on point here. No quality scoring chances really at all to speak of for the Blue Jackets on this power play, but the Blue Jackets do get one back shortly thereafter. They win an offensive zone draw. They keep the puck in the Rangers' zone, And just a great individual effort by Seth Jones. He's along the boards. He spins away from Pavel Buchnevich, moves straight to the doorstep, and scores. And Buchnevich was there, but he just didn't make a play on the puck. And I I know he's a little bit out of his element there because he's not a defenseman. But I don't know. I think there's got to be a little bit more resistance from Pavel Buchnevich there. You know, just bump into him. Put your body on him. Try to knock the puck away something. Uh, He kind of just gave ground and gave ground and gave ground. And the next thing you know, Seth Jones ran the doorstep, and he scores, and just like that, three to two Rangers with 16-27 to play. And this whole thing started because there was a questionable icing call against the Rangers, and it led to the offensive zone draw for the Blue Jackets, and the puck never came out of the zone before the goal was scored. But what happened was they they took the icing, and it looked like Brett Howden was there. He was ahead of the Blue Jackets that were going back, you know, to get to get the puck and try to get the icing call. And for whatever reason, the linesman just called it an icing. Could have gone either way. I, I in my book it's not icing, but they called it, and it is what it is. It leads to the Blue Jackets eventually scoring a goal. So then the Jackets get another power play, and at this point, this game is just the Alex Georgiev show. I mean, he like we said, they we're running out of adjectives to describe all these saves, but he was just money for the Rangers. And Nyquist takes a shot from the high slot. Georgiev sprawls to his left, makes a great pad save. He follows up by fighting off a slap shot. And then the Rangers just under tremendous pressure here for really this entire power play, but they hang in there. They kill it off. Still up three to two. And then Anderson gets a couple chances from the doorstep for the Blue Jackets, and Georgiev another pair of outstanding point-blank pad stops, and Truba finally clears the puck. Rangers just a little bit of a step slow in their own zone tonight, I thought, but Georgiev picking them up, making some big-time saves when he needs to. And then the Rangers still back on their heels, still under fire here, having a lot of issues getting the puck out of their zone. They catch a little bit of a break because the Blue Jackets are making a pass, and there's a broken stick on the ice, and the puck deflects off the broken stick and out of the zone, so they get a little bit of a reprieve there. But Georgiev, I mean, he comes up with another save this time on a deflection. The Jackets at this point just all over the Rangers. We're a little bit past the midway point of the third period here, and Rangers just, like we said, back on their heels and just under constant fire. But Georgiev continues to rise to the occasion. And then this was just absolutely ridiculous. Brady Shea is pulled down in his own zone. He's basically slew-footed by Dubois. Dubois just drops him to the ice, and that should have been a penalty right there in and of itself. But Dubois is not done because he pulls a move straight out of the WWE playbook. He basically like jumps up and drives his knee down into Shea's stomach, like into his ribs, I don't know how the ref didn't... Call. Now, listen, any ref can miss a penalty. It does happen. It's going to happen from time to time. All these games, everything that happens on the ice, you're going to have to deal with a referee missing a penalty call or two. Fine, we accept that. But the ref was right there. He was standing... It literally happened right in front of him. Like, two, three feet in front of him. It happened like he was standing over them when it happened. He saw this guy slew foot shade to the ice, didn't call a penalty on that, and then, again, swallowed the whistle when Dubois jumps up and drops his knee into Shea as well. I mean, it, you really could have called two separate penalties there. That He could have gone off for four minutes. Two two completely separate things happened there, and he doesn't call either one of them. And this is with about, like, four minutes left in the game. And again, the Rangers are under big-time heavy fire here. The Blue Jackets are really pressing. They've come close to scoring the equalizer quite a few times. This is a huge, huge spot in the game, and they don't call the penalty. I I, I don't get it. I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> it was right in front of him. Like just just call the penalty. I I and again, I don't come on here and I don't complain about the referees too much. And I'm not even really complaining here. I, I kinda just feel bad for this guy. I mean, hey, there's there's only so many postseason hockey games to go around, and you know, I don't know if this guy's gonna be gonna be reffing the Stanley Cup finals this year. We'll have to see. But uh yeah, I, I don't even know. It was a dirty play. You know, I mean, the slew footing is bad enough, and then, you know, it, again, it was like a WWE move. It, it looked like Triple H. Like, Triple H used to have a great knee drop in, in WWE, and it looked like that. He, you know, Dubois just jumps up and drives his knee down into Shea, and nothing called, and I don't even know what else to say about this. Anyway, the Rangers get a little bit of a push with about three minutes left. They get in there on the four check, really apply some pressure. It's Heedle, it's Foss, it's Buchnevich, it's Shea, and it's but They do a really nice job keeping the puck pinned down in Columbus's side of the net because, like we said, they've really been— pinned in their own zone for a long time in this third period. They've really been under heavy fire, and it's good just to give Georgiev a little bit of a breather on the other side of the rink and just kind of keep the puck out of harm's way. I mean, they're not going to get the equalizer if you keep the puck on their side of the ice, and the Rangers able to do that for a while here. But then we get a tripping penalty against Brady Shea, you know, the guy who just got a, a knee driven into his ribs. And this was a penalty. I mean, it was tripping. He got his stick in there and, and trips his man. I believe it was Nyquist going in. But there's two ten left in the game at this point, and now the Blue Jackets are going to go up on the power play. And we've been under enough fire, even even strength here. So you know this is going to be an edge-of-your-seat final 2 minutes and 10 seconds, and that's indeed what happens. Now, the Jackets do not immediately pull their goalie, so it's 5-on-4 initially. And Georgiev makes just a phenomenal save off the faceoff, his save of the night. He stops the initial shot and then dives. He's completely to his right and up in the crease a little bit on one side of the net, and then he dives back to his left and extends his glove and knocks it away to make just an unbelievable save. Like we said, his best save of the night, and I don't say that lightly because of these 47 saves, there were many of the high-quality variety, but just a fantastic save by Georgiev here. Somehow keeps the puck out. As you're watching this play live, even optimistic fans are probably thinking, oh, God, tie game, but no, Georgiev wasn't having it. Dives to his left, just an incredible save. Cat-like reflexes, keeps the puck out. So the Jackets take a timeout, and they still don't pull their goalie. There's about a minute and 40 seconds left here, I believe. The Rangers get a clear. Jackets get it back in, and now they do pull their goalie. But Truba makes an awesome defensive play here. Blue Jackets have the puck, and he knocks the guy right off the puck, just basically shoves him away from it, gets control of the puck himself, and clears it down the ice, a big-time clear right there by Jacob Truba. And then Bjorkstrand gets a chance. He shoots from the right dot, and a great save by Georgiev again. Shred with 17 seconds left puts another shot off the crossbar. It deflects out of play. So the Rangers getting the bounces in this game, but well-deserved by Georgiev, again, standing on his head the entire night. Georgiev makes another save off the ensuing faceoff, freezes the puck with 13 seconds remaining. The Rangers doing a really nice job in the last 13 seconds, and they do not allow Columbus to get another shot in the final 13 seconds. So the Rangers do hold on. It wasn't easy. It was a complete nail-biter. You were probably right on the edge of your seat along with me while you were watching this game, but that's okay. The Rangers find a way to get it done. Despite being outplayed at times in this game, the Rangers, you know, they had a big second period, and they really got a boost from that Brennan Lemieux goal late in the first period, but they really just had to kind of bend but not break, and that's what they did. And again, hats off to Georgiev, just a fantastic game and the biggest reason why the Rangers take two points here tonight. And before we wrap up here, we got some news hot off the presses. Indeed, Alex Georgiev will be back in net for the Rangers tonight, making his second straight start, second start in as many nights. Also, the Rangers have sent Nieves back to AHL Hartford, and Mark Stahl will return to the lineup tonight. He's missed some time with an ankle injury, but he is back, and it looks like Liber Hayek will be the healthy scratch. Just kind of the odd man out, you know, I it's kind of a situation where I don't know who else he would scratch out of these Ranger defensemen because most of them have played well, and some of them you wouldn't even think about scratching. You know, guys like, you know, Truba or Fox or D'Angelo. I mean, those three are certainly going to be out there, and Lindgren's played very well also. I mean, Hayek's basically just the odd man out. I don't think it's anything that he's done egregiously wrong, but they're getting Mark Stahl back tonight. They want to throw him out there on the ice, and Liber Hayek, process of elimination, he's the guy who sits and Greg McKaig has been injured as well, and, and you wonder, maybe Boone going back to the minors would indicate that Greg McKaig might be just about ready to go as well. So we'll keep an eye on all that. We'll see what happens. But interested to see what Alex Georgiev can do for an encore tonight. Uh, he was obviously tested and under heavy fire last night. If he comes out tonight and just puts up another, you know, big-time performance, then We have to start really, really feeling good about Alex Georgiev going forward. I mean, I like him anyway, but I mean, that would be big time if he can can win another game and play as well as he did last night, again here tonight. That kind of performance two nights in a row would be no joke. So we'll see how that goes. And yeah, happy to get Mark Stahl back as well. You know, he's had his ups and downs, but... Good to have him back in the fold, one of the longest-tenured Rangers, one of the leaders on this team. So we'll see how he looks as well. We'll keep an eye on it. And uh, we'll be back here with a new episode at some point, probably on Monday. But we'll see. Maybe we do a bonus episode over the weekend. Either way, thank you guys for, for joining in. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, because if you do that, you'll know any time a new episode drops, the split second that it happens, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.